Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. The Word of God says that in the last day, God says that I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And you may say today, what's that mean to prophesy? To prophesy means that when you're saying, everything's been done at Calvary. Salvation has been paid for. Healing has been taken care of. Deliverance has been taken care of. It's done. It, it was done on the cross. So, so prophesying is when you say, Lord, I declare that it was finished at the cross of Calvary. Prophecy is this. If you're sick, I am healed. Prophecy is this. If you're bound, I am free. Whom the Son sets free. So right now I want you to prophesy your future. Say your future. What is your... Say it. You say it, not me. Say your future. You don't have a job? Lord, I have a job. My kids are are out doing their thing. No, my kids are living for God and they're serving Jesus. I've been given a horrible doctor's report. No, his report says, I am healed. I am free. Come on, prophesy. Prophesy your future. Your young men will see visions. And your old men, they will dream dreams. God said in those days, and this is the day that we live in. This is the day. We are in that day. In these days, God says, I will pour out my spirit even upon your servants. Men and women alike. And they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in heaven. I will cause wonders in heaven. How many is looking for a wonder? How many is looking for something that God to do for you that leaves everybody scratching their heads saying, how did that happen? Come on, who needs a wonder today? Who needs a wonder today? Amen. I will cause wonders in heaven above. And here's this. And signs on the earth below. Oh, I need a, hey, there's nothing wrong with needing a breakthrough. There's nothing wrong with needing a signal. I'm going to be a sign that the Lord has been here, amen, that the Lord has touched me. There will be signs, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. Guys, that's talking about, let's don't get in this where we start chasing all these people looking for stuff. What that means, the cloud and the smoke, everybody always wants to, my gosh, if we listen to these people, it was happening clear back in the 80s. Everybody's saying, this is the time Jesus is coming back. Jesus is going to wait for the Father to tell him when he's coming back. Amen. Here's the smoke and the fire. That's the presence of God. Lord, let your presence be in the house, Lord. Let everyone that calls, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I want everybody to call upon the name. Say, Lord Jesus, I call upon your name today. I call upon your name for forgiveness. I call upon your name. Say it for forgiveness. I call upon your name for salvation. Thank you, Lord. I call upon your name for healing. I call upon your name for deliverance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we prophesy that in this service today that a wonder is going to happen, that a sign is going to happen. That people are going to know that they've been in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. As you're being seated today, the children can be dismissed to Children's Church. And young and the uh, teenagers 
can go upstairs. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I always come to church and say, and I always tell the Lord, I say, Lord, I don't want to play church today. I don't want to run through a, re- a religious activity. I don't want to come in so we can say, well, we did that this week. We went to church. We're supposed to do that. Brothers and sisters, I want us to get to where we come to church, where we're anticipating where we're anticipating to meet with God and we're anticipating that God's going to meet with us and that there's going to be an outpouring of His Spirit. Many people know about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit within. When you get born again, how many know that God puts His Spirit into your heart and you cry out, Abba, Father, I got a daddy, I got a father. When you ask Jesus into your heart, God's Spirit comes into your heart and you cry that out. And we pre- I preached for months about the indwelling Holy Spirit. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But brothers and sisters, we've experienced it today. And we, we haven't even got to the end yet. Because the end is going to be greater than what you've already received. Somebody say amen. Because the end is where we're going to take action. We're going to pray for people. We're going to, people are going to come forward, and we are going to see something happen today. So the best of this service is really yet to come. Amen? It, I, I believe that. But brothers and sisters, there's a difference between the Spirit indwelling and then the Spirit upon you. The Spirit coming and outpouring in a service. When the Holy Spirit, I even like the Bible says that the Spirit was upon Jesus. You might even think of the Holy Spirit like this, that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. But when there is a task that you need to do, or when there's a situation that you need to be a part of the solution, or if God needs you to be his hands or his feet or his mouthpiece, how many know what I'm talking about? To minister to a neighbor, to minister to someone at work, to do something in your community. I believe that the Holy Spirit inside of you comes up, everybody say up, on you. To where that's when we're saying the outpouring. There is a difference between the indwelling of the Spirit and the outpouring of the Spirit. I still believe that God can fill a room. I still believe that God can, the Bible says whenever two or three are called upon my name and they come together, it says I am in the presence of them. I still believe that we can, that we can hold hands in a home or in a McDonald's or, or in a place of work and we can hold hands and, the glo- and heaven will open up and the spirit can come up on that setting and there's a tangible anointing in that place. I still believe that church can be a tangible. When you, the, the reason you need to come to church is, man, you want to be where the presence of God is. Hey, it's all right to feel God. It's all right to touch God. It's all right to taste and feel and know that the Lord is good. Did he not say that in his word? And when you come to church, you can taste, you can feel, you can know it. It's all right to know because God is alive. It's all right to have those feelings when you come to church. Amen. So there's an outpouring. Last week we learned that God anointed Jesus. If Jesus needed anointed for the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, and you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Even Jesus needed the Holy Spirit and the power. Then Jesus went about doing good and healing healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We can say the same thing. 
We can say, and you know how God anointed. What's your name? I can't even think. Alex. You know how God anointed Alex of Schomburg, wherever you live, with the Holy Spirit and power. And Alex, you can go about doing good, and you can go about healing, and you can set people that are free that are oppressed with the devil because God is with you, Alex. So brothers and sisters, you can put your name in that. As Jesus was anointed, I want somebody to realize that we need to be anointed. We can be anointed to do the same things that Jesus did. But if God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power, don't you think we should be too? Somebody say amen. Some of Jesus' last words is in Luke 24, 41. It says this, and now Jesus said, before you go, before you go do ministry, before you do anything, disciples, here's my last things to you. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with this power from heaven. Brothers and sisters, these guys were believers. These guys were followers of Jesus Christ. But he said to go to Jerusalem until you receive this power, and then don't leave until you do, and then go out with this power. We are given all these gifts to be able to do the third part on Church on the Rock's mission statement. Our mission statement is to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. If we're going to do what Jesus did, then we need to be anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power so we can go about and do those things that Jesus did. My question to you is how many of you want this anointing? How many of you want to be this vessel for God? Are you satisfied with where you're at or do you want to be this vessel to be used for God? Amen. I want to be that vessel. So Paul, in, in 1 Corinthians, we're talking about spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul begins to unpack the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And the Corinthians in that day, they kind of understand, under, misunderstood the manner in which the Holy Spirit works through individuals. So they were like, man, we need to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen to me, brothers and sisters. The Corinthian church, they were zealous of spiritual gifts. I mean, they, were, they, they went nuts for them. They went crazy. They wanted the spiritual gifts. In fact, where they lacked is with morality and, and, with, and, and, and with Christ-likeness and character and some of that. That's where they lacked, and that's why Paul kept saying, hey, know ye not you're the temple of God. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, how are you into some of this other stuff? So Paul preached a, a message of holiness about the Spirit being in him because they were kind of uh, loose, you might say, in, in their living. But one thing they did have is they had a, 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 a sincere desire and a zeal for spiritual gifts to the point where they got a little off. They got a little carried away. They got a little out there sometimes. But everybody listen to Pastor Brian here. I would rather have a little bit of getting out there and a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. I've been in churches where, where it, it seems like you're in a cemetery I would rather deal with people being a little overzealous and maybe deal with people uh, maybe getting in the flesh a little bit or, or doing something that might not have been totally what God, totally God. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that more than nothing happening at all. Are you all with me today? Because, because don't, 
I would rather have a move of the Spirit, and then we come and we teach about it. So Paul started teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried about with these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Three guiding principles to distinguish how the Holy Spirit moves from these scriptures right here. The first one is the principle of conscious control. In this verse 2, it says, you know that you were Gentiles carried about with these dumb idols, however you, were, however you were led. The Corinthians misunderstood the power of the Spirit, viewing the gift operations as a, as a compulsive possession that overrode their will. Unlike paganism, the power of the Holy Spirit does not drive people into a frenzy, into wild, compulsive acts. The Holy Spirit is gentle, dove-like, and his ministry strengthens the, the human's personality. The Holy Spirit empowers. He does not overpower. So they were into this dumb idol worship, and they were bringing some of this in because that's all they knew, and now they were trying to mix it with being filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of them would get in frenzies, and they'd act like the Spirit's just taking control of, over them, and it got to where tongues was being misused. And it got to where different gifts were being misused. And they were like, oh, it's the spirit moving in me. I can't control myself. And Paul said, no, that's not the spirit moving in you. Because the spirit is not like those dumb idols that you used to worship that take over your body and, and put you in a frenzy. Uh, uh, your eyes roll back in your head and you don't know where you're at. If that's happening to you, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's another spirit. And you do, but, but the Holy Spirit, you, he's a gentleman. He, he's not weird. And it's not, it shouldn't make you uncomfortable when the, when the gifts of the Spirit are being used. That's what he was saying there. So the first principle is that there is a conscious control. The Bible even says the gifts of the prophet are subject to the prophet. Even when you're praying in the Spirit, you can control how loud or how soft it is. You can control when you do it and when you don't do it. The gifts of healing, you can control if you're going to do it or not, pray for people or not pray for people. So don't give me this. Paul was saying, don't give me that the Holy Spirit has just come all over you and you can't control yourself. Oh, I'm going through Walmart and the Holy Spirit's going to come over me and I'm going to grab that microphone and start praying in tongues on the, on, the, on the intercom. No. No. They were doing that and it caused a disruption it caused a disruption. They were saying it was the Lord doing it to them. So, so the principle, so one is that principle. The second principle is that Christ is always glorified. When it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, Christ is always glorified. Listen, the attention is always given to Jesus. All manifestations of the Holy Spirit will harmonize with the truth of the Word and the character of Jesus. All of it will. All manifestations of the Spirit always get people and the attention on God. I see people just as Paul did. Sometimes people use the gifts to get attention. Sometimes people, if they pray for somebody and they get healed or something, they walk around, boy, I'm all that. I'm all that. 
these people were hollering out in tongues and stuff. And they was like, look at me, baby. I pray in the spirit. I, I mean, somebody told me the other day, I pray in the spirit for two hours. Why are you telling me that? I mean, does that make you where you're higher than me or something? So there was a competitiveness. The gifts of the spirit are not to compete. The gifts of the spirit are not for you to strut your stuff and, and, and to, to use it to feel good and, and to think that you're all that for God. Church, if we want the moving of the spirit, we have to decrease so that God can increase. The third principle of the Holy Spirit is he always points you to Jesus. The main work of the Holy Spirit, the Bible said that no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of God. You that have asked Jesus in your heart, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is that agent, that agent that draws you. I love this scripture in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. To me, this says it in the KJV. This says it so clear. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. In other words, I'm a Christian according to the foreknowledge of God. Let me tell you the foreknowledge of God. He wants all the world to be saved. Don't buy into he's predestined and he's got these certain people that's going to be saved. That is hogwash. Jesus died for all the world, and he wants all the world to be saved. Somebody amen. So we're elect. The foreknowledge of God is that everybody's saved. And then look at this. Through the sanctification of the Spirit. The sanctification of the Spirit is that draw. How many remember when the Holy Spirit was drawing you to be saved? How many knew when you felt that emptiness and you knew that you needed something more and there, there was something to life that you just weren't getting? And that's why there are people here today like that, 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 that you're here looking for more. That's the sanctifying work of the Spirit to get you to come to obedience to where you ask the blood of Jesus to cleanse your sins so that God can give his grace and peace is multiplied to you. Is not that an amazing scripture? So the third principle is the Holy Spirit is always there pulling you to Christ. Now, notice the unity. Let's go on to, uh, in that 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's go on to verse 4. Notice that, 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 that I want you to notice the Trinity. When you worship, when you get up in the morning, it's, it, when the Bible says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, that God, the Hebrew word is Elohim, and that means plurality. We know that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God, God the Father, when Jesus came to the earth, was when God was revealed to man. In other words, we, they knew about God, but they couldn't see God. They could not handle God. They could not, ta- they could not have relate. They, 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 Jesus was the incarnate God to where he, God was revealed. We sang about it in the song today. God was revealed through Jesus Christ. So when you read the red, if you want to know who God is and what he's like, read the red. Because that is God in person showing you. And then when Jesus, like when Jesus ascended and sat at the right hand of the, of, of the, of the Father, sat at the right hand of God, it said, then the Holy Spirit came to the earth. So now Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but his spirit is with us. But I want you to notice the Trinity when we're talking about the gifts and the operation. Look at this. There are diversities. Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. 
There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. I'm reading out a New King James Version. So we see gifts, but the same spirit, Holy Spirit. There are differences of ministries, notice the difference, but the same Lord, which is Jesus. And there are diversities of, diversities of activities, but it's the same God, the Father, who works all in all. But the manifestation, or in other words, when the Holy Spirit makes himself known, when he gives grace gifts, when, when they're energized of the Spirit, to each one, it's for the profit of all. So Paul went on to say, he said, hey, when the gifts move, know that Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are doing it together. All in all, working together. What power there is. What manifestation there is. And look at this. I want you to hit your neighbor and it says, to each one. You can, you can operate in this. Why, why are you looking at me like I'm the only one that can do it? Each one, each one of us can move in these gifts and why, hey guys, why do we move in these gifts? What's it say on the screen? Say it again. Are they for you to strut your stuff and look real spiritual? Are they for you to, to, to feel good about yourself? And look how God used me. Some people want to tell what they did for the Lord more so they can tell what they did for the Lord than what God did. Come on. I want this church to be used. So, so we see the diversity of gifts. The Holy Spirit gives these gifts. If you look up gifts in the, in, the, in the Greek, which is what the New Testament was written in original, you see this word charisma. How many's ever heard the, word, the name Charis as a child? How many know somebody named Charis? Okay. Um, we, we had a missionary one time called, uh, the, they had a child named Charis. And um, their last name was Maddox. And I was like, charismatic. (laughs) Ah, Whatever. (laughs) But anyway, uh, uh, charis means grace and ma means gifts, okay? So when you put charisma together, it's the instantaneous enabling of the Holy Spirit in any believer to exercise a gift for the edification of others. These gifts we're going to look at are called grace gifts, Now, the reason it's called a grace gift is, first of all, it says, for by grace have we been saved. How many has been saved by grace? For by grace have you been saved through what? Through faith. It is a gift of God. How many say salvation was a gift of God? It wasn't of my works, lest any man should boast. So, No man, I always say, don't boast about how much you love God. Boast about how much God loves you. Come on. Don't boast about, oh, I love God with all my heart. I don't even like to say, I know it's in the scripture, thou shalt love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I know it says that, but sometimes sometimes I don't live for God with all my heart, might, soul, and strength. Come on, let's be real here. And I'm sitting there, oh, I, no, I need grace of God to be able to love him with all my heart. I need grace to be able to love him with my thoughts and my will and my intellect. I need grace in all areas. So, so we're saved through grace, and it's never by any works. Brothers and sisters, it is, you cannot, it's not by what you do that you get saved. It's what he did. Gifts work the same way. 
The gifts of the Spirit. Grace is the ability to do something you can't do. Are y'all with me today? So, so salvation, grace came to you because you couldn't save yourself. Grace came and made it where you are saved. All right, now concerning spiritual gifts. When somebody walks up to you, or you're set in a situation where God wants to use you to heal someone. When God wants to use you to, to, to say something to someone to be saved. Where God wants to use you in a word of wisdom to where you can put a marriage back together. Or uh, we're going to talk about the gifts. So, so when that happens, don't feel the stress of it. That it's something that you have to do. Or that you have to muster up. Hey, we're not serving them dumb idols where we got to get ourselves in a frenzy. It's just the spirit is in you and it will come up on you and he will anoint the room you're in. He will anoint the mouth you speak with. He will, he, he will stir up that gift of whatever you need to be his hand, hands and feet. He will stir that up so that you can be that vessel for him. Really, all you need to be concentrating on is availability, is availability. My mama always told me when I get into how do I preach, how do I do, is the message good, and all that stuff, who cares? It's not about that. Did they like the message? Do you guys like what I do? I don't care if you like what I do or not. It's up to God likes it or not. It's up to what, but my mom, when I start getting uh, uh, self-absorbed and, and I self-occupy, my mom always says, Brian, you know, if God used a donkey, he can use you. And what that means is God used a donkey to speak to Balak. Amen. All we need is availability because listen, you ain't all that. You aren't a healer. You're not all that wise as you think you are. The word, that's why there's word of wisdom. Amen. We're not as wise as we think we are, but there is a gift of wisdom. We're not as knowledgeable as we think we, I mean, if we can humble ourselves and start thinking we're not all that, then I believe the gifts can begin to work in the body of Christ and we can begin to do some profit and some help to some people that are around us. But there's too much self-absorption. There's too much People, Paul was dealing with this. He said, you guys are put, thinking about yourself too much. It's grace gifts. Grace is the ability to do something you can't do. I'll never forget when I was at Walmart as a 19-year-old, just given, 18-year-old, had just given my life to Jesus, and I was working in the toy department, and this woman came in, and it was Christmas time. And we were the number three store in all the Walmarts, so we were really busy, if you know what I mean. There was one Walmart in all of Baton Rouge, so it was really busy. I could not keep the toys picked up. I could not keep the aisles clean. I mean, I couldn't do it fast enough. Well, all of a sudden, there's this woman, this mom came in, and she's like, oh, my gosh. Just frantically running around, chasing this little kid and moving stuff and and trying to, to... to keep like, like borders around their kid. And then I looked, and there was a knot about this big, about that big, coming off the front of the head of this little child. And the Lord spoke to me. Well, first I said, what's the matter? I, hey, I'm t- 
telling you, this is how it works. If you want to know how the gifts of the Spirit work, don't wait for it to happen at church. You're filled with the Spirit. I, would, I have the Spirit indwelling in me. Well, right there in Walmart, the Spirit came up on me to where the atmosphere changed. Come on, do you believe that? Do you know the atmosphere can change when you walk into that hospital room? Do you know the atmosphere can change when somebody comes to you and says, I need help? Do you know the atmosphere can change when we allow the whole... One time, one time, one time, the Lord... One time I heard this with my ear. My insecurities and my shyness. I used to be so shy at Bible college. Um, when, when I went there, I was heavy on alcohol, and alcohol was, I couldn't talk. So I learned when I drank, I really talked pretty good. But I needed some drink to talk. So I got addicted to alcohol. Then I get born again, and God's like, eh, I don't want you to drink like that anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I had no personality. Now I was afraid. Now I was so backwards that I laid in my dorm room starving to death because I didn't even, I was too scared to go to the lunchroom and eat by myself. Afraid. Very backwards. I remember one time, I remember one time I was in a service and I remember one time that, 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 that I didn't feel worthy and I was in this service and God spoke to me word of knowledge, which we're going to learn what that is. He spoke to me and he said, I want you to go over. This church had about 12,000 people in it. He said, I want you to go over. He spoke to me very clear and he said, I want you to go over and tell this person this. And I was like, oh God, I can't do that. And I'm sweating and, I'm, and, I, and all this. And then all of a sudden I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit saying, let me out. Let me out. I, I heard it. I heard it. Let me out. Let me out. I heard it. And it drives me to this day. It drives me to this day. When I see someone that's crippled. When I see someone that's bound. When I see uh, people going down the wrong road. I can hear the Holy Spirit saying, let me out. I've given you these gifts. Let me out. Well, that day, I was hearing the Holy Spirit say, put your hand over that bump. And tell, oh, this mom, I said, what's the matter? She said, we live in frantic all the time. My baby is not going to live. There's nothing they can do with this. But we decide we're not going to sit at home and wait for her to die. We're going to let her live. But if she falls, anything. So we're, and even then, I was like, I was hearing the Holy, just reach out. Just, just let me touch this child. Just let me touch this child. And I was too scared. And I went home, and when I was driving home, my red pickup, I felt so bad. Because I knew God wanted to use me and I didn't let him. And I said, God, I'm sorry. If you give me another chance, I'll do it. And what's the chances of ever seeing that woman again in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Zero to none. It's like here. I don't see any of you folks through the week. You, you don't see each other. What's the chances? 
And I started praying and fasting and saying, next time when you need me to step up, Lord, I'm going to step up. I will let the Spirit come up and change the atmosphere, and I'll be your hands and your feet. And and as I did that, um, I just like, Lord, God, give me another chance. And 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 you not only need to be available, but you also got to be ready. That's why when you put on the armor of God, how many know about the armor of God? I hit my feet every day, and I say, Lord, make my feet ready and prepared to do whatever you need me to do today. Let all nine gifts of the Spirit be used in me today. Lord, I'm ready. Lord, I'm ready. So you not only need to be available, you must be ready. There's many Sunday mornings I come up in here, and I know that the prayer team, we're going to call the prayer team up here in a little bit. There's many Sunday mornings I, I, I'm, I'm like, Lord, is the prayer team ready? Are they ready? Have they been seeking the Lord? Have they been getting their self full of the Holy Spirit? Are they ready? Because God's going to bring people to them. And we don't need another empty hand on an empty head. Lord, let us be ready. Let us be available for the things of God. I wasn't ready and I wasn't available on that assignment. But I told the Lord I would be after that. And I said, Lord, give me another chance. And as the musicians are coming, I said, Lord, give me another chance. Give me another chance. And when it was like three weeks later, the same scenario happened. The very same scenario happened. And brothers and sisters, again, Brian, don't you use the gifts you know what? I almost quit telling stories because I don't want you to look. Do not push me up, guys. Do not push me on a pedestal. It, the minute you push me up on a pedestal, listen, God's going to make me fail to where I'm going to disappoint you and you're going to get real mad at me because he doesn't want you to look to the flesh. He wants you to look to him. Don't look at me. I'm not telling this story so you guys can be like, ooh, Pastor Brian, what a man of God. He speaks the word with such boldness. He does this. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. But let me tell you what God did. I did put my feeble hand, and I did wrap my hand over that knot. And I did pray with everything that I had. And I believed, see, everything I had, I didn't have nothing because it's a grace gift. This was something that I couldn't do, but he could. But he needed me to use my mouth and my hand. And I prayed and I did the old open the eye and wanting it to move. Nothing happened then. That's why when you're prayed for on a Sunday morning, don't don't go and thinking, well, nothing happened today. Don't do that because something did happen. Because this woman came back weeks later and showed me a little baby that there was nothing on the front of that hood. Another thing that happened when I was 19 is I remember one time that we were over, I, I was working in the toy department and uh, automotive was just right over here. And there were these people from a foreign country there. And I was listening on the intercom, and they were, everybody was hollering, 
to get help to try to see what these people wanted. And I remember again, available and ready. But I was getting to where I was being more available and more ready at Walmart. And God started saying, go over there and take my salvation to those people. And I said, Lord, take your salvation to these people. How how am I going to do that? And I went over there and they said, we've called everybody over to this department and we have no idea what they want. We have no idea what they want. And I waited for everybody to leave. True story. I pinned my ears back. And I lifted up my hands, and I started praying in the Spirit. And I have no way of knowing this till I get to heaven, but I do know because you can tell with reactions. You can tell when communication is happening. I've been doing it for 30 years. But I'm confident that I witnessed to them in an unknown language. And I'm confident that they heard the message of Christ and they received it somehow. I'm confident that I could tell by their reaction. The other way I know, and we're going to get into this next week because I'm going to start talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But when I was in India, I didn't know the language. But you can tell by the reaction of the mother's face. And you can tell by the reaction of the people when they've walked for the very first time. You don't need an interpreter. You can tell by their actions when they've seen and they've never seen. You don't need an interpreter. That's what happened to me at Walmart. And then also another time I was in India praying, and our African missionary was up there. And one night in prayer meeting, one night in prayer meeting, we were down on our knees praying. And God was leading me to pray in the Spirit again that night. And this African minister came up to me and he said, Brian, you did spiritual warfare in a dialect language that my grandpa used to talk in, and I've not heard it for years. See, that's the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. Is the Spirit's in you, and when God needs whatever He needs, you fill in the blank. And you say, I'm ready and I'm available to be a vessel for you. When you do that, here's what happens. The Holy Spirit pulls off the shelf, you might say, the gift that's needed. And he, that activity that we just read about, the activity, that means energema. It's where we get our word energy. So the Holy Spirit like takes that healing gift how many know your healing was done 2000 year, years ago? Hey, you, God saved you 2,000 years ago. We're just accepting it now. Same with healing. Same with forgiveness. It, some of you are beating yourself up with unforgiveness. It's been done two years ago. You got to receive forgiveness and quit condemning yourself and putting yourself down. You, you have to receive it. But it's like God just takes that gift. For by grace are you saved through faith, and you mix it with faith. Lord, I believe in your healing. Lord, I believe in your freedom. Lord, I believe that I'm not going to have anxiety. Lord, I believe that you've forgiven me, even though I don't want to forgive yourself. How many of you will call out today? 
to where the Holy Spirit will say, ha. And he grabs that gift and he goes, he energizes it. And then the Bible says he distributes it. Read it. He distributes it. By the Holy Spirit, he distributes it at his will. How many believe it's God's will to help people? Amen. I really felt the Lord say in the beginning of this service to prophesy your future. Brothers and sisters, even if you don't feel faith or you're still not sure and you don't understand it, say what the word says because the word's true. If you're sick, don't come up here and say, well, don't spend time on what the doctors told you. Don't spend time on, well, I don't know if I believe in healing or No. Prophesy. Close your eyes and see Jesus on the cross. See your disease and your sickness being put upon him. Just like your sin was put upon him. Just like your disease. Just like your sickness. Just like your unforgiveness. Just like your hurt. Just like your uh, abuse that you've had done to you. Just like whatever it is, it's all been put on Jesus. It's on him. And then he gives you a healing, a release. But I want you to see him on the cross. And I want you to say with your mouth, and if you feel like something didn't happen, don't you dare leave the church and say nothing happened. That lady probably didn't think anything happened in the toy department, but something happened. Something happened. Father, there's a miracle in the house. There's a miracle in the house. Here's what I prophesy. The Lord has told me that he wants Church on the Rock to be an oasis. That he wants this church to be a place that people can come and they can experience a tangible outpouring and a tangible presence and anointing of the Holy Spirit. That that word wants to go out, not about how great Church on the Rock is. I want him to say, well, there's Church on the Rock. Who's the pastor? I want him to say, who's the pastor? I don't know who the pastor is. Lord, God wants it to go out that you can go to church on the rock and you can find deliverance. That if your marriage is messed up, you can go there. That if, that if you've got a heart situation, you can go there. You can get help. If you need a healing, you can go there. If you're bound to addiction, you can go there. Because that's a house that believes in the power of the Spirit. Lord, we accept this mantle. Come on, accept it. We accept this mantle. How many of you, how many of you right now, the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, and, and he said, I want you to be, how many of you said that you heard the Spirit say, I want you to be available and ready, and you wanted to. I want you to stand up. I want you to feel if the Holy Spirit touched you in that way, that he wants you, he wants you, he wants you, the individual, to be filled with this. Amen. I want the prayer team to come. I want the prayer team, if you're on the schedule to do prayer to come, we're just trusting that you're ready. We're trusting you're ready and that you're prayed up and that you're full of faith and and you're ready to, to pray the prayer of faith because I'm telling you that people are coming with real needs today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatever you need. Whatever you need today, these people are going to pray for you. If you need salvation, if you need healing, 
If you've got a wayward child, if you need a job, if you need wisdom on something, they don't have it. (laughs) But Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none. But such that I do have, let me give you. In the name of Jesus, just get up and walk right now. Oh, we do have that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the third thing I want to happen is right over here in this corner. Oliver, I want you to lead the prayer, but I want you to pray with that Columbia team that's being sent to a mission trip this week. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I want you to do is when this song is saying, whatever need that you have, I want you to be bold enough to walk forward to these people. And you people up here, Just ask them, say, what do you need prayer for? And then grab their hand and believe God to do it. All right, I'm going to ask people to stand. When I ask you to stand, I want everybody to come, but don't do it yet. I want you to come, and I want to say one more thing of business. Carmen and I are going on vacation this week, and we need rest every once in a while. So anything that you need, call the church office, but give Pastor and Carmen, give us a break this week, because I need to, I need rest, and we're going to go to Michigan, I'll be back for church next week, but if you need anything, we have able ministers, call the church office, but on the count of three, we're going to stand up, I'm going to go three, two, one, and if you have a need, I want you to come, three, two, one, stand up and come. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Let's pray. Let's sing. And then Braden is going to dismiss you all today. For more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of Church on the Rock, please visit us on the web at cotrag.org. Thanks again for tuning in.